You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. I'm Elisa Paselli, and welcome to Episode 8 of Three Geeky Ladies. With me, as always, are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Good morning. Oh, I shouldn't say that. We don't know when they're watching this, right? Hello. I don't think anybody's watching us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to go put some makeup on if they are. Oh, really? I uh, know. I have to do my hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is... Uh, we're recording today. It's Sunday, September 2nd. It's Labor Day weekend for the people who live in the United States. And uh, we're just going to be recording. And then I think I'm going to head outside and try to grab the last little bit of sun while we still have it. Getting ready to close our pool. Oh, really? It's, yeah, well, we are, we're already. Uh, yeah, up here in the when you live in the great northeast, the, the days are still warm, but the evenings and the early mornings are still pretty cool. It's been seven years since I've lived in the North, six years since I've lived in the Northeast. Yeah. I know. Probably remember, you know, when it gets down to the 50s at night, pool gets cold pretty quick. Yeah, that's right. That's right. See, it's still, it's still in the, yeah, it's, it's going to be 102 here in Dallas today. So it's, it's, I forget how cold it is, but I'll be going to Maine in a few weeks. So I'll quickly remember, I'm sure. That's what I like about California. (laughs) Every night during the summer is like in the 50s, so. Okay, shut up. I well, would nice, love to Yeah, in it's California. nice sleeping weather, but we've mm-hmm. had such a great summer. I, I'm just having a really hard time giving it up. Yeah, we haven't had that many 100-degree day, days, but we've had enough that I'm not happy with it. We're going to go back up to the 90s starting next week, but we've been had mid-80s lately, so it's pretty yeah. cool. Hmm. Yeah. So before we get going on our topic, I just want to mention that we have a website. Yay! It's uh, www.3geekyladies.com, and the three is spelled out, T-H-R-E-E. It is? Oh. Yes, it is. It's spelled out. Uh, we use the number three, but when Tim made it up for us, he used the word, which is fine. So we will be cross-posting on 3geekyladies.com, and we will still be on the mymac.com website. At least, I'm not really sure how long that will last, but for the time being, that will last. And you can send us feedback. There's a contact us or a comment that you can place uh, so you can get back to us. You can tell us, mention anything that you want to uh, say about the topic that we talked about or if you have a suggestion for a show idea or there's something that you really like or something that you don't like, uh, you can contact us there. And speaking of which, we did get some feedback on our previous episode from Lena192. So Vicki, can you tell us what that was about? Oh, yeah. She made a comment on our, um, what's that, our back-to-school stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, she wanted to know why we didn't mention write PDF. Uh, I've never heard of write PDF. And as I said to her in response, I don't use a lot of PDF apps. And the reason why is because I've had bad experiences with them. I don't know. people. There are people that love them, but I've never had them to work the way I want them to work. And maybe it's the documents locked down or something like that. I've never been able to get it to really work properly. Yeah, um, she suggested that we look on the website, but I really don't like looking at in the iTunes. She, she, she sent us a link to the iTunes preview. 
And I really don't like to look at reviews, dear, because sometimes they're, you know, uh, Suzette, you you the one that really hates this too. That some people just are just fan people, or they may work for the company and give mm-hmm. give reviews. I haven't downloaded it. Has any, either one of you downloaded the app? I, I haven't have because I had just downloaded PDF Expert, I think it was called, and I've yeah. been using that, and it's been working pretty well. Okay, so it's by Eurosmarts Limited, and it's nine ninety nine, which is a little pricey, I think. Um, uh, well, how much does PDF pin cost? I don't, I, did any one of you use that one? No, no, no. I, I don't really use PDF. Thing. I it's like a one trick, one trick thing because you know I don't, um, I don't really need to to edit PDFs that often, so I just can justify paying for it. Yeah, mine's PDF Expert, which was nine ninety nine, but I caught it on a sale when it was four ninety nine. And I, like I was saying uh, the last episode, I use it for my knitting patterns. So mm-hmm. instead of having to print out the actual physical copy, I put the PDF onto this particular app, and then I can do crossouts when I've done a, a step. I can keep a count, you know, little scratch marks. So if I have to do ten rows, I can keep a count right on there, and then I can erase it when I'm done. I just don't get why people put it do it in PDF when it can do it in Word or something like that. Probably because it's more universal. Uh, well, it doesn't I, matter I, if you're a Windows, Mac, you, you know. Oh, well, but can, even with Mac, Mac can can take any format. You know that, so I just don't get it. Well, maybe it's, I don't. Okay, but if you're, <laughs> but if if you want to annotate things or correct things on your iPad, you know then I, I can definitely see where you'd want something probably a little bit more robust, you know. And, and I think people that are, do, are in business and are doing, you know, doing a lot of that type of work, you know, something, an app like this, I think PDF apps are, are, are great. But the, the PDFs that I use, pretty much I open them in mail and then I open them into iBooks. So I'm, I'm always doing a read only. I'm not really having to correct anything unless I send it to myself. And sometimes if I want to do that, I'll actually work on it on the computer and then, you know, send it from there. So I had a really funky version of Mac, Mac, Word, uh, Mac, Microsoft office for the Mac. And I was sending documents to my professor and he wasn't able to open them. That's the only time I ever converted it to PDF. Uh, but that was using, uh, Microsoft office on the Mac, uh, and after I upgraded it, it seemed like that issue went away. So I haven't used PDF since then. But I think we'd be dead to death. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just want to thank Lena192 for sending us some feedback. And like I said earlier, please, if you have anything that you'd like to share with us, um, please give us some feedback either on the site. You can email us and all the links to getting us by email, by Twitter, by Facebook will all be in the show notes on 3geekyladies.com or mymac.com. Or you can uh, leave us a comment on iTunes. So we'd appreciate that too. So the topic today is we want to talk about free or low-cost software substitutions. A lot of times when people get a computer, regardless of whether they're using Macs or Windows, when they need a piece of software, they automatically assume that what they hear about most is what they should be using. For example, if they need to use a word processor, they automatically assume Microsoft Office is the way to go. Or if they need something for graphics or photo editing, that Photoshop is the way to go. And for some people, yes, that is definitely the right tool for the job. But for a lot of us, it's too much. 
So what we want to talk about today is alternatives to the more expensive choices that are out there. And speaking of Photoshop, my first choice was Adobe, Adobe Photoshop Elements 10. The price of that is $99.99, and it requires Mac OS 10, 10.5.8 or higher, or Windows XP with Service Pack 3, Windows Vista, or Windows 7. Now, I will admit, I I use it not a whole lot because I don't have any graphics background. So for someone like me, Photoshop would just be a total waste because I would never be able to use all the features that it has. But I use it for uh, using making the graphic for the three, Leaky, three Geeky Ladies show. I use the graphic for that. Or if I have to write an article for my Mac, I use that to edit and make it the right size for the appropriate article. Uh, I've used it for a little bit for pictures, uh, doing silly things like superimposing people's heads on other bodies or, you know, silly things like that, uh, getting rid of blemishes, those kind of things. So Photoshop Elements is, I don't want to say it's intuitive because there is a little bit of a learning curve, but it does almost everything that Photoshop can do for the average person. Now, you, Suzanne, you use Photoshop. Have, mm-hmm. you used, have you used Elements? Never. Never? Mm-mm. No, I've never used it because I started, you know, when I was in college, I started using Photoshop, and I've just gone up through the incarnations, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I, But I usually, for me, for Photoshop, because it's, even the upgrades are pricey. They're like 100 bucks, even with an educational discount, um, that I tend to only upgrade it's usually like every other um new um version that comes out so like i i started off with i think cs2 um i did upgrade to cs3 because it was a lot of different features i didn't do four i went up to five and then you know 5.5 six i probably won't because everything that i need to do i find that i do so much photo editing now on my ipad that when i use photoshop um i like i like the rope I, I just love the fact that it is, I, I can work with a gazillion layers. Um, it is a memory hog, you know, on, on the computer. There's no question that I don't know how elements, you know, works, but I've, I've used up my disk or I'll say my disk is full, but I tend to use a lot of layers. So I'm, sh- you know, I'm sure that's why, but I love Photoshop. You know, I, I know um, John Nemo, who is uh, the editor at MyMac.com, uses Photoshop Elements and teaches classes in it. And he likes it. You know, he likes it a lot. But for me, I, I, I don't have anything to, uh, to compare it to, Elisa, because I, I, I like to be able to do a lot sometimes on a photo. And I don't know how well it plays with some of the plugins, like Nick Software. I tend to use a lot of Nick products. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it if it plays well with, with Nick, um, the Nick plugins yeah, I and, and aliens too. I use a lot of alien skin, yeah. um, plugins. I don't know because I don't have any plugins, mm-hmm. but it does things like, um, if you like to upload your pictures to Facebook, you can tag pictures within Photoshop elements and then send it up to Facebook. It comes with the, um, oh, the organizer it used to be called bridge. Mm-hmm. Bridge, bridge I never cared for. I thought it was hard to, to navigate, but the organizer is so much nicer. I mean, it's an app within itself. It's really nice. And uh, so you're really getting two for the price of one. The app, the organizer, 
and then the, the editor. And you can you know tag photos in Facebook and send them directly to your Facebook, so you, know, you can share your pictures. It does a lot of things. Uh, you can put text within your pictures. Uh, there's different kinds of um, effects. It has a lot of guides that you can use. So if you're not really sure how to do something, you can click on like guide me, which is basically hold my hand, and it will say step one, do this. Step two, do this, and it will have the links within the step so that you don't have to search for it. If it says uh, to crop, it'll bring you right to the crop tool. If then you have to check the lighting, it'll do the light. It'll bring you right to the lighting and the brightness. So it's um. For someone who just likes to play around and isn't like really, really need the power of Photoshop, I think Photoshop Elements 10 is a really good alternative. And like I said, it does work with Macs or Windows, so it's not just a one or the other choice. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, you could give Photoshop, Photoshop Elements 10 a try. Well, here's the thing, Elisa. How, I mean, for a professional photographer, would they prefer to use Elements or would it be better to use Photoshop? Because I know I use Lightroom exclusively. I, I tend to use more Lightroom now than I do Photoshop. But if I need Photoshop, I can always export that particular image from Lightroom into Photoshop. Will Elements do that as well? Like I said, I'm not super, super familiar. Okay. You know, I use it on a, I mean, if 100% is knowing absolutely everything there is to know about the program, I'm probably at 10%. It's like what I know, I know. And that's it. I really haven't reached out and gone a little bit further. Mm -hmm. But I think for someone like me that just kind of plays around and does a little bit here, a little bit there, Photoshop is just overkill. So something like Photoshop Elements might be a better choice. And it, like I said, it's $100, but it goes on sale a lot. And Amazon quite often has sales for yeah. $49.99, $59.99. So it's not a huge investment, you know, as opposed to Photoshop, which is, what, $600 if you buy oh, it Oh, gosh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I When I left college, I was probably – for all of you that are in college right now and listening – Take advantage of the educational discount, or if you're parents that have kids in school, take, take advantage of that discount. There's a lot of different sites like Academic Superstore. Granted, you sometimes get the educational version of it, but you know what? When I first started off, that was it, it was still a, a full version. It's just, you know, you get the educational quote unquote version, which, you know, they know sometimes with the upgrades, you can't upgrade, you have to. You have to basically buy um, the standalone software. So, for example, I bought the Creative Suite 2 when I left school, but it was half price. I, I only paid like $300 for the entire suite with the educational discount when it was like $1,200, you know, to buy to buy um, with a non-discount. But when I wanted to exclusively use Photoshop, I had to buy the Photoshop as a standalone program to get the to get the upgrades to the different versions. So just be aware of that. But that is, you know, people may want to check out um, different software prices on if they have kids in school. Mm. Yeah, I did that with my kids to buy a Microsoft Office. <laughs> one, one of them, I needed it when I went back to school. It was required, and my one, one son needed it because it was required. And I think I, I want to say I paid $60 for the whole Microsoft Office. Wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he needed it. I needed it. So that's what I bought. Didn't yeah. I, and it, but. <laughs> we, we have a, we have, I told you before, I believe it, we have the corporate discount. It's $9.99 for Microsoft Office. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But it's, you know, once a year, 
uh, you you have access to that discount. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because that's something people could really take advantage of. Mm-hmm. So Vicky, what do you like to uh, what do you suggest? Um, uh, as an alternative to Photoshop and Photoshop elements, there's a free version of software called GIMP, which is GNU Image Manipulation Program. Uh, it works on multiple oper- it can be ported to run on multiple operating systems. It's, it's uh, an open source uh, product. Um, what's great about it is that um, other than the fact that it's free, it's you can use it for the same uh, purposes that you use Photoshop for photo retouching, uh, image authoring or compositioning and all kinds of stuff. As you know, I don't do any of this, but I do have GIMP on my computer. Um, oh, yeah. Also, they, you, you can just as with Photoshop and Photoshop Elements, you can get the extensions and plugins to add different features. What's so great about this is it is free. I believe that the interface is simpler, but for me, it's still complicated because I don't really know how to do anything with a photo other than to take one. So um, and I, I tried using it um, and it looks like it's really quite simple, but I c- couldn't really s- figure out how to make the picture look better. So <laughs> I need some classes on how to actually do those things. So um, I use it basically for just simple, a simple, simple paint program. Uh, I, I want to just, my, my, actually my niece and nephew play with it all the time, get on there and just start drawing things like a, a paint program or uh, modify some pictures slightly using the paint program uh, features. But it's really simple. It's free. Um, you can dabble in it. And if you start getting really good at it, I would, I would suggest moving to Photoshop Elements and then maybe Photoshop. Right? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I do think that. I think that's a good. I think that's a good progression. I tried Grip Gimp one, a couple of times. Download it, delete. Download it, delete, and I had no clue. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little kludgy. I couldn't figure it out. Now I don't no. know if that's because I had absolutely no experience whatsoever, and mm-hmm. maybe now that I know a little bit about Photoshop Elements, maybe I could figure out Gimp. I just yeah. haven't. I just haven't tried. You're at the stage I am now. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, yeah. I do agree with you. Definitely, I mean, for free, what the heck? Yeah, because I'm going to try to figure out how to do these things with the photos because I'm jealous when you guys talk about these things. <laughs> so I'm going to use guilt to start out. <laughs> Never be jealous. Say, Don't Never. be jealous of me. Yeah, no, I do do I not be jealous of my You guys know a talent. lot about photos, and I would love to take better photos and touch them up and do all those kinds of things, but... I just don't have, I'm just not a very artistic person. I, no, I, I think that's the problem. Everybody's to, an artistic person. Vicki, being able to superimpose someone's head on someone else's body is nothing to be jealous of. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I want to do. <laughs> okay. That's fun. Suzanne. Well, since we're talking, we're about, we're discussing uh, Photoshop, Adobe came out with PS Touch for the iPad last year, and I reviewed it, and I gave it a pretty scathing review. I was really upset and very disappointed because when they first came out of with this out of the shoot, it was it was an interesting app, but it wasn't worthy of Adobe and them being a leader as far as uh, image software. Uh, I, I was very very disappointed because number one. They gave you all of these tools to work with photo editing 
in a Photoshop type manner, and they were slow to the game anyway. But yet, it it was it saved in low res. So, what's the point of working on a photograph if you can't print it out if it's low res? So, I think at the time it was like sixteen by sixteen hundred pixels. It saved. They changed that. It now saves on the iPad at 2048 by 2048. It's better. It does not support retinal display, though, just to let you know that. Um, and I don't know if they're coming out with an upgr- upgrade for that. I do, think they, I do think they have an interesting app, but it's all over the place. Now, I have not had really a lot of problems crashing like some people have. It's $9.99 in the App Store. So if you're interested... It, you're going to have to shell out 10 bucks. Unfortunately, they don't have a, like a, a light version, so you can't try before you buy. It is compatible with the iPad 2 and 3. Now, with f- the PS Touch, it does have a lot of Photoshop type of elements in it. So you can crop, you can use warp, you can add gradients or fades, uh, you can add um, camera fill. The other thing that they have is some special effects, which is nice because, you know, Photoshop, all their filters, people love the filters, and they do have filters. Um, I like the fact that, uh, you know, they allow you to change curves and levels. So they do, they do a lot of Photoshop type things in this particular app. You can use up, I think, to 16 layers. For, so for somebody that's a layer freak like I am, that, that's, that's okay. However, when you go to save your image, unfortunately, it does not support iCloud. It does not support iDrop. There's no uh, drop. Excuse me, drop, iDrop. Listen to me. I'm, I'm going to start a new app called iDropbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's no Dropbox integration. They have Creative Cloud, but you have to pay. You have to shell out a lot of money for Adobe's Creative Cloud. I think the last time I looked at it, and that was last year at the launch. Or, I mean, excuse me, last month at the launch. I think it was like forty nine ninety nine a month, mm-hmm. and you know that's really for. Um, you know, professional photographers. You can you can send it to a printer with the app. You can also share it via e- e- email and save it to your camera roll. So I mean, you can get around some of that. But you know, when I do a lot of photo editing, I love to throw it up to Dropbox or put it on iCloud and then just you know go work with it on the Mac if I want to. So just to let you know that they do have this. Um, app for the iPad. However, I still, to me, it still feels like a work in progress. Um, it's, it has some really great uh, features that I love about it, but then again, it, it has some that I don't. And people are complaining about a crashing issue, but I have personally not had problems with crashing. And I've gone up to like 10 layers without any crash issues on this. So anyway, so there is there is this for the iPad if you don't want to if you want a Photoshop type of buy Adobe I mean if you are really into Adobe they do have PS Touch however that being said if you want an absolutely fabulous photo editing app and I just got an email about this this week somebody asked they had just bought an iPad Snapseed Snapseed by Nick Software. Um, it goes free many times. Uh, it's usually four ninety nine. It's it, it's the best app in the app store, as far as I'm concerned, for photo editing. I love it. I love it. It's intuitive. Um, it does everything you want. It, it's a great app. It's stable. So, I would highly recommend Snapseed if you if you want to spend either ten dollars on PS Touch 
or five bucks in Snapseed, my recommendation would be Snapseed all, all the way. I have it, but I haven't tried it yet. Oh, it's it's just they've done a fabulous job. And you know, when you look at the reviews for PS Touch, they, I think they have three stars. And if I always go to the most recent reviews too, I think sometimes they have it's defaulted to the most helpful. But I find if people go to the most recent reviews, that's sometimes very helpful to see if an app is still having problems with crashing um, or un- instability. Snapseed is almost five stars the whole way. And they have 17, I think like 1,700 users uh, or reviewers, excuse me. So, I do the same thing with recent reviews. I don't care yeah. about a year ago. I want to know what people are thinking about it now. I agree. Nick, Nick did everything right. And what I love about the Snapseed for $5, you can use it on your iPhone too. You know, so... It or your iPod Touch. So basically, you have a universal app for $5 or you have a $10 iPad-only app that doesn't support retinal display and, the, and Snapseed does. I, I, I like Nick's software. I think they're just a fabulous uh, a company. I really do. They do things right. So now I want to mention some alternatives to using Microsoft Office, which, as we know, depending on which version you buy, could be upwards of $200. The first one's called NeoOffice, which works with the Mac. Um, it works with, um, yeah, it's Mac only. And it has a, it's a suite of a word processor, a spreadsheet, a drawing program, a database program, and it has a couple of other options along with it. And it's basically, it's free. Um, I will just have a disclaimer here that I personally have not used it. As an alter, if you, as an alternative, it's definitely worth something you know to look into because there there's no cost. It's always being updated. I believe it is um, open source, so it's always being said it's always being updated. There's also another program called LibreOffice, which is you can use for Mac and Windows. Same idea. It is a open source productivity suite. It it. Uh, consists of word processor, spreadsheet, uh, it's got a presentation tool like PowerPoint, a drawing program, a database program, a calculation program. It has templates. It comes in many different languages. There's no licensing. There's no fees involved. Like I said, it's, it's um, open source. It's got a public license, so you don't have to worry about, um, you know, it's, it's freely out there for everyone to use. People are always adding to it and changing it. Again, this is another program that I haven't used, but it's free for people who, like we suggested for the the photo, Photoshop, uh, trying something like GIMP at first and then working your way up if you feel that what the free version uh, has to offer isn't enough for you. So you can try those. Now, if you want something a little bit more familiar, there is the iWork sweet. Now what Apple has done is you can no longer buy iWork as a package, which I believe used to be $79. And the good thing about that is a lot of times when people bought it, it came with pages, keynote, numbers. Maybe you didn't need numbers, but you just needed keynote and pages, or you just needed two out of the three or just one out of the three. Same with Microsoft Office. Maybe all you need is Excel, but you're paying for everything else. If you just purchase on the Mac App Store, Pages, which is 
or Keynote, which is $19.99, or Numbers, which is $19.99, for a total of $60, which is $20 less than iWork was in the first place. But you can just buy those particular programs that you need. It requires Lion now, so you need Mac OS 10.7.4 or higher. They do have iWork tutorials on apple.com in case you're not familiar with how to use them. You can look through those tutorials to give you a little bit of help, in addition to the help pages that are within pages, keynote, and numbers. But those are a good way to just purchase just what you need. And it has all the power, well, I shouldn't say all, it has most of the power that you can get in the Microsoft Office suite. Now, obviously, if Microsoft Office is what you need, that's what you should buy. But if you just need something to to write down, uh, you know, word processing, you just need something to do a simple spreadsheet, pages, keynote, numbers, perfect for the job. And Vicki, you had mentioned uh, another another open source. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like uh, Neo Office uh, came about when there wasn't a Mac version of Open Office, uh, and Open Office still exists. And as with Neo Office, it's an alternative to iWorks and um, Microsoft Office. It's a full office suite, just as new offices. Uh, the thing is that it's actually a porting project, which means that it can be compiled or built to run on Windows. That's 2000 all the way up to Windows 7. Um, a different variants of Linux, uh, Solaris, and of course the Mac OS, which includes the x86 and the PowerPC platforms. So... And what's beautiful about Neo Office and Open Office is they're both free. And also for the iPad, we have Office Square, which is an alternative to iWorks in Microsoft Office. It's more of an alternative to Microsoft Office. So it's very similar to Microsoft Office. So it's Open Office, don't you think, uh, uh, Elisa? Mm-hmm. But these products are more similar to uh, Microsoft Office. Um, um, and, and, and if you are familiar with those products, you'd probably be happier with these. And uh, for Office, Office Square is five ninety nine is for the iPad, uh, and it allows you to do you know basic editing, creation, open and viewing different documents. You can open a Word, Excel, PowerPoint, all of these from your iOS devices. So it's it's all your iOS devices. I don't think it's just iPad. Uh, it's it's compatible with iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad as long as you're running iOS four point two or later. So those are your alternatives. I think we beat the word uh, things to death. There's a lot of uh, different options you have for documents. Um, I find that these open office and office square, it's a little kludgy. I'd rather have the real product. I'd rather go on my Mac and use the real Microsoft office, or I'd rather just use keynote and pages because they're much better. Even though they're a scaled down version, I find them to be much better than these, uh, these other products. But it, you can't be free, and five ninety nine is much cheaper than nineteen dollars. So. Right, and the other thing to keep in mind with the Open Office, Neo Office, these these free uh, packages is that they're compatible with with Office, with Pages. You can save your documents to RTF, rich text format. You can save them as um, plain text. You can save them as docs. So you don't have to worry about sending a document to a Microsoft Word user. They'll be able to open it. You just, the one thing I found out by experience is when I went back to school, I used OpenOffice 
And we had to email. I was an online student, so naturally I had to email my my papers to my teachers. Do not save in their native um, their native format, which I believe was ODC, mm-hmm. which was Open Office Document, because nobody could open it. The only people that can open that are people who have Open Office installed on their computers. So the best thing to do is save everything as rich text, and then no matter what word processor. You're sent, uh, the person you're sending it to has, they'll be able to open it. So just keep that in mind, too, when you're saving your documents. Yes. So, Suze, what is your next suggestion? Well, I love sales, as like probably like everyone else does. But I, want, um, I just wanted to mention to our listeners that if they go to App Shopper, there is a in the um, iTunes store, the App Store, there is a free app called App Shopper, but you can go online as well. But they do a really good job basically posting all of the apps that are either on sale or free. And one of the apps that uh, is on sale this weekend, and that's another thing, a lot of apps go on sale during the holiday weekends, is Layout. Layout was a featured app in the App Store uh, a week or so ago. And for those of you that have a lot of photos and you don't know what to do with them, what layout is, it is a photo editor, but it also allows you to lay out different photos and then send them. I think it's, I think it's uh, normally priced at $1.99. It's $0.99 cents right now. It's an iPad 2 and 3 app only. And it's the only thing I can, um, the drawback I find with it is that it's not really high res. It saves about 4 megapixels, which is 2048 by 2048 pixels. And the developers have addressed this as far as the description of the app that they hope to have an update to make it even higher res in the future. But that being said, I like it. It's really easy to use. It has a little tutorial in the beginning to um, get you started with the app. You basically swipe up and you and you can divide your uh, template or your background into uh, a vertical orientation or a horizontal orientation and then select your photos or you can select some of the templates that they have to use. They also have different papers which I thought maybe I have a lot of layout type apps and some of them the papers are really hokey. I didn't find that. I found these were actually quite nice. It also has a little dial so if you double tap on your photo up comes the photo editor and you can enhance your photo. Um, They have different filter effects. You can crop it. You can change the brightness and sharpness. So for those that want to like send like if you have for the holiday weekend if you're taking a bunch of photos at the barbecue you want to send a bunch of them try out layout. I think it's a really nice app for for a buck for 99 cents and um, that's, that's what I have. I, you know, I really do like, you know, apps that I wouldn't, I'm not into, I've never been into the whole scrapbooking phase, but you know, a lot of people like to put like a lot of photos and then send it off, you know, with captions. And this, this allows you to do that. So for, I think for a dollar, I'll buy any app for a dollar. Well, not any mm-hmm. app, but mm-hmm. you know, with a photo, with some type of photo uh, frames, uh, I, I think is good to have. So if somebody hasn't purchased Diptych, that's probably my very favorite layout app. But if they haven't purchased it yet, if they want to, you know, spend a dollar and, and have a nice little layout app, I think layout's a good one. Not for me, because I still have the original iPad. 
I'm wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's really interesting, Elisa, because I have noticed it's the same thing with some of the photo apps right now. People are really upset that they're no longer supporting um, the earlier iOS versions and the 3G. You know, so they're, they're not happy about that. But, you know, the 3G was how many years ago? I don't even touch my 3GS anymore, you know, with the iPhone 4S. So, and with the iPad, I mean, with the iPhone 5 coming out soon, you know, I think it's hard for developers to continue the retroactive support. Yeah. But, you know, my, my iPad is going to be two pretty soon. Well, actually, my, my husband bought it in, in uh, August, gave it to me in October for my birthday, but it, it still works. I just can't justify getting rid of it. I know. I know it's 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 hard, you know, and it's hard when they come out with a new ver- with a new um, one every year, you know. It's, right. It's it's going to be hard for me if they change that camera in the iPhone five. I haven't heard any massive rumors about it yet, and I'm, I've been believe me, I've been searching, but you know, I'll just wait. I really like the four S. I'm pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so am I. Again, another thing I can't justify to get rid of. I just bought it in January. No. I know. It's you know plus, my contract isn't, isn't over yet. So. No, mine isn't either. They do allow you to upgrade. At least AT&T used to. You, you, but you have to sign up for, what, another two years? Yeah, and you have to wait about 18 months. So I'm stuck till at least next June, July. Yeah. Something like that, because I got my phone in January. No, but I'm fine with it. I mean, it's nice having the latest and greatest, but it also gets to be a little expensive, too. It does. Yeah. So for my final choice today, uh, I'm going to go with a recording application. Now, sometimes when you are speaking with someone on iChat or Skype, you just want to have a record of the conversation, whether it's maybe... uh, your grandchild singing to you and you want to keep a copy of that or you're on a business meeting and you want to make sure everything is recorded so you have all your facts straight. And a really simple way to do that is with an app called Piazzo, P-I-E-Z-O. It's by Rogue Amoeba. It's $15 and it requires Mac OS 10, 10.6 or higher. Uh, Piazzo is a really, it's very, very simple to use. When you look at the interface, it just looks like almost like an old radio. You click the source of where the the recording is coming from, whether it's uh, something you're recording off of your web browser, something you're recording off of Skype, iChat, iTunes, whatever. You name what you want the file to be called, and you hit the record button, and that's it. Hmm. And when you're done, you hit the record button again. And that's it. There's a little um, magnifying glass next to the recording. You can click on that, and it will open up the recording in iTunes. Super simple. It's really, really easy to use. You don't really have a learning curve. You just pretty much can figure out how you use it. I did a review of it for my Mac, which we will link in the show notes so you can read about it, a little bit, go into a little bit more detail on how to use it. In fact, if I remember correctly, this was a video that I did a video recording to show people how to do it. Really simple, really easy, $15. And Rogue Amoeba has a reputation of, of, of good software. In fact, we use uh, Rogue Amoeba's Audio Hijack Pro to record this podcast. So, P. 
Piazzo. Hmm. Yeah, Broken Meatba is one of those companies that is just so stereotypical of Mac software companies. You can't find anything similar on the PC side. That's what right. makes the experience so wonderful. I, I love yeah. their products too. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's, it's, you don't want to use this if you need to um, do a lot of, you can edit it afterwards, but if you need to do a lot of fine-tuning editing, like um, separate channels, you, you can't use, it won't work with Piazzo because everything is recorded on one channel. But if it's something just simple, simple. like I said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one-on-one conversation, you know, you have a grandchild or a little child, you want to hear singing or you want to record some music off of the internet or a conversation that you're having that you need to keep for reference, this is perfect. Yeah. And like I said, you can still edit it if need be. So that's, that's Piazzo. Pretty cool. And Suze, do you have anything else? I have one app that I absolutely love that I've always been looking for an illustrator type of app. And for those of you that um, aren't familiar with Adobe Illustrator, it's a vector app. So basically vector graphics allow you, they have an algorithm where you don't have pixelate. I'm just trying to give you a a quick overview, but it doesn't have any pixelation when you um, increase it or decrease it. So Steve Sprang, who came out with the very, very popular brushes, um, which is a, a painting app and drawing app on the iPhone and the iPad. And if you do a search on that, basically, you'll see a ton of work. David Hockney uses brushes, for example. Well, he came out with InkPad, and InkPad is a vector-based type of app. It's for the iPad. It's a fabulous app. If you're looking for an illustrator type of app to use with graphics for your iPad, I would highly recommend this one. What's nice about it, it has all the different types of uh, uh, tools that people are accustomed to working with graphics. Um, you know, you know, basically you have your pen tool. Um, you can import your images and you have your paths, you can do gradients, you name it. And then when you go to uh, export it, you can save it um, as a SVG file. You can export an SVG file, which is just scalable uh, vector graphic, or a PDF or a PNG file. I absolutely think this is just one of the most powerful and um, quiet apps in the App Store. I think if more illustrators knew about it, we'd probably be seeing a lot more work done on InkPad. It's $7.99, I believe. And another thing that I love about it is that you can basically take some fonts from your Mac, you know, your iMac, your computer, upload it into Dropbox, and then you can take the Dropbox and you can put them into InkPad. So I have, I'm I'm a font addict as well, but I have some great fonts that I purchased uh, years ago, like from P22 and some of the foundries that I use that I can use with InkPad. It's really exciting. I I just think this is a fabulous um, app for artists and graphic artists and illustrators, comic book artists. I think, um, I think it's a great buy considering that Illustrator, again, is, you know, I think a standalone is like $300. So, Hmm. I know I tend to do the more photo and art apps, but that's what I do, so. That's okay. That's okay. There's lots to choose from. (laughs) Vicki, do you have anything else? Yeah. um, With with the ongoing issues that people have with security, um, there's really no excuse. There's some free apps. 
Um, LastPass, one of them is, uh, I, I would say it's an alternative to my favorite one, Password. And uh, what's beautiful about it is it's free. It has a majority of the features that you can get from one password, uh, where you have the one master password, allows you to do automatic login, um, one click that is login. You can fill in forms, you can protect your data, all kinds of things. Um, synchronizes across browsers, you can um, store notes. But for the more advanced features, you would have to, to upgrade to LastPass Premium. I didn't really look at that because I, um, I'm only interested in something free. So, but if it does the basics, um, if you want more stuff like protection against phishing and stuff like that, then you would need to upgrade to the, the premium. But the basic password uh, features and securing your data for free, it does it. And it does it very well. Um, I, it, there's no excuse for you to not at least have LastPass if you don't have any other application that's going to help you protect your oh. uh, software. Totally, your, totally agree. Access, I mean, your browser, your access using the internet. And let me throw in one last one. Uh, this is something mm-hmm. that's totally different. And that is, oh, let me find it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. You, Virtual you can't box. throw in another one, Vicky. Oh, well, well, it's my very last one. I'll shut up after that. It's a perk to that. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's the bonus. I'll shut up. <laughs> um, I like, I, well, as I, I probably mentioned before, I, I have to have access to these Windows applications. So I run Parallels. And Parallels is a little expensive. And oh, you can also use um, the, uh, an alternative uh, boot camp. But VirtualBox is another free app uh, that allows you to run Windows applications on your Mac. Uh, it, it's, um, it runs on Windows, Linux, Mac, and Solaris hosts, and it supports multiple um, guest operating systems. Uh, unbelievable a range of Windows from NT to Windows 7. Uh, it even supports DOS Windows 3.x. Linux, Solaris, Open Solaris. So you can actually, you will still need those operating systems. I mean, I'm, this is just a um, the application that uh, will host it on your your computer. Uh, you still will need to have your copy of Windows NT or whatever Windows Seven, uh, and you would need it in a CD version. So if you lo- download the iOS uh, files, you would have to actually put it on a um, flash drive or something because it needs to access the device to actually install the software on uh, the the system. But it's simple. I tried using it and it is really easy to use. It's free and you can't beat free. Um, so for those people who want to actually do some virtualization on your, in your system. It's not just limited to Windows. As I said before, it runs different various Linux and Solaris also. There you go. And we like free. Yeah, I love free. We like free. You can also run other versions of Mac OS on your, on your box too. So if you wanted to test something or, hey, say you need that old version of Lion or Leopard, you could actually have it run it in a virtual box. So I think we covered everything we wanted to discuss today. Uh, We hope that these free or low-cost software substitution options have given you something to think about. And let us know if we didn't cover your favorite free or low-cost application uh, by leaving us a note or a comment in the show notes. 
which, again, will be posted at 3geekyladies.com or mymac.com. So I would just like to say thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Technology is everywhere, and the internet could seem like a large, scary place. Well, let TeacherCast bring it into focus for you. TeacherCast.net features the best in app reviews, screencasts, how-tos, and so much more. TeacherCast.net is also available in the App Store. Be sure to check out TeacherCast, because students aren't the only ones with a lot to learn.